Hello and welcome to episode 118 of the True Achievement Podcast. I'm obviously not Rich, I'm Dave. Rich is poorly, so he has gone home. It's got the man but, flu. <laughs> yeah, so it's much needed yeah. rest at home. And I suppose at least you're not going to catch it for the long weekend if he's gone home. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah one, spreading uh, germs around the <laughs> All right, so obviously I had Jack with me. Hello. Hey, how's it going? I'm very well. Long weekend on the... Horizon. horizon, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and also joining us, we have the third part of our wonderful dev team, Ollie. Hello, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. I'm been a, a while I'm, since you've been on. Yeah, it has. It's been like a month and a half since Rich was last ill. <laughs> 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 we haven't been playing a lot on our own tags. I'll just quickly go over what I've done because it's not a lot. I've finished the multiplayer in Far Cry 5. It's a game series that I just don't know why they add multiplayer because it's never good. Mm. They've got some cool stuff, do you know, where you can build levels and you can mm. create stuff and there's some really interesting little maps and stuff that you can sort of like... When you, you, when you start a match in the lobby, I think it gives five random people the chance to pick a map and then everybody in the lobby votes for it at the end. And so there's some really crazy ones, like as I think I mentioned last week. There's that one where you're throwing shovels across it, like so, a, platform. a little bit like GTA Online in that respect, where people just make crazy maps and stuff. And yeah, and but it's like, it's, it's totally does it give out. you kind of a lot of scope? Can you define all like the rule sets of a game type and stuff like that? Or is it quite limited? No, yeah, there are mutators and things you can put on, and I think different maps have different kind of weapon classes. So I think you must be able to limit that. But I was playing one that was like you just like in the game, so you're kind of in a field and there's a big church in the middle. Then the next one I played was like um, a kid's bedroom mm-hmm. and everything's like huge and it's like as if you're playing uh, in Toy Story or something. It was okay. But I just, I just always find it's really laggy and kind of doesn't feel great. It's not like a polished experience. Uh-huh. But thankfully I finished that. No more multiplayer, just single player to do. And then I've just been continuing my grind for the locations in Assassin's Creed Origins. I finally figured out last night, if you press up on the D-pad, you can actually hide stuff on the map. But you've finished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I've been going around going, oh, I've done that one. I've done that one. Yeah. That I found stuff and I finally wow. figured out that you can limit it just to ones that you haven't done, so that made it a bit easier. You sound like me when I'm playing games. I, don't, I gloss <laughs> over all the basic instructions, get to the end and realise I can like hold the X button to run or something. <laughs> I think, because I... I played it early on, so I reviewed it, and then I've I've been going back to it during you know, a little bit at a time, and I think I'm pretty certain originally, like if you completed a location, it still showed up. Mm. It didn't highlight that you completed it anyway, and there wasn't like the option to change what you're viewing on the map. So I okay. think these have been so added over time. Maybe it was a late edition that you just missed. Yeah, it's, it's probably like November or something. It was added, and I missed it for that long. I remember watching Rich play it, and the map looked really like hectic. There was just so much stuff on it. it I think it's like, a, quite classic with uh, Ubisoft games. Yeah, yeah, standard. If it yeah, doesn't have like, more than 200 things on the map, it's not an Ubi game. <laughs> like, uh, they obviously made the last Ghost Recon, and I thought that was quite good because you zoomed out the map mm-hmm. and it kind of highlighted, you know, the different areas. And it would tell you, you know, you haven't done this in this area, you haven't done this, 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 and this. Whereas so this it gives you kind of like that. a... A little breakdown of the area itself as opposed to having to zoom into everything individually. Yeah, so you could kind of work from area to area and go, right, I know I need yeah, to look for this. That's neat. 
Whereas this doesn't seem to do that. It's just like, bleh. <laughs> you got to try and find everything. And some of them are really tricky because it's like quite mountainous in places. And there'll be like a tiny little question mark in the middle of a mountain somewhere that you... Well, well you've got the um, kind of temples and tombs and stuff as well, haven't you? So are some of them underground, but are they marked over the top? The yeah, they marked all the top, and then when you get there, you'll sort of like you bring your eagle up and look around. Or how Lord of Rich calls it, <laughs> you'll bring your eagle up and have a look around, and it'll indicate that there's like there'll be like an icon to show stairs, which means you know you have to go dive down somewhere or something like yeah. that. So it's not too bad, they're pretty straight. It's just a lot of them, and it's it's one of those things a couple a day and you'll uh, have it done in no time two years or so. <laughs> and it's like 400 of them or something, so you know, it's gonna take yeah. a while. But last night I really started cracking on, just kind of sat there for about two hours and probably did, I don't know, felt like I'd done okay. 5,000 of them, but I'd probably done about 50 or something. At least you don't have to worry about a multiplayer in it. That's one saving yeah. grace. Yeah, that is true. Moving on, Ollie, we won't cover everything you played since six weeks ago or whatever, but you have been playing Celeste this week. Yeah, indeed. It was a couple of days ago I started playing it, uh, basically using the idea count, which is... Uh, <laughs> quite an advantage for me yeah i i played it on the 10th birthday stream which was uh quite a few weeks ago now but um really enjoyed it then and started it again today or not today but a couple of days ago from scratch um and it's just a little platformer game but it's it's got really good reviews like it's not Yes, one of the highest rated titles on Metacritic for the Xbox One, isn't it? Yeah, I you told me that. I didn't know that before, but it's quite amazing. Um, I didn't play too much, but I do have a soft spot for platformers. And uh, when the controls are really tight um, and the environments are cool and, you know, everything's right, it's really fun. It's like Super Meat Boy. I spent so much time playing Super Meat Boy. And this game is kind of similar to Super Meat Boy, but it's a little bit more forgiving, I'd say. Because Super Meat Boy is like meant to be hard, at least by the end of the game, it's meant to be like ridiculously hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say this game's a little bit uh, easier on the on the difficulty. But it's more about the story, I think, for this one. I, I'm not sh- completely sure what the story is, but it's about a girl like climbing up a mountain. And so far, I'm really enjoying it. I know Samu reviewed it for us. Like he, he got a really good score with us. And I think the story's got some kind of, I haven't looked into it, so I'm really ignorant about it, but it's got some kind of deep, deeper meaning, like some mm. kind of, I don't know, some kind of mental health issue yeah. type thing going on. There's definitely some psychological style stuff going on. Because the, the, the last level I played, um, like you look into a mirror and then you see yourself and then your reflection breaks out and starts chasing you all around the map and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's really cool. And I'll probably be playing more of it soonish. Cool. Okay. And Jack, you played nothing. I've played nothing on my own tag now. So it's been a standard week again. Well, we did do some streaming, and I think probably Tuesday was one of the funniest streams I've seen us do. <laughs> because all the oh. way through, Ollie just was screaming. <laughs> screaming. <laughs> so we uh, started off with Emily Wants to Play 2. Yeah. yeah. So, sequel to Emily Wants to Play, as the name suggests. And this is. I hadn't actually played the first one, but I'd seen some footage of the first one. But it starts you off in a level, which will be a house. I'm guessing you progress on to other levels, but we never finish the first level, To uh, just to spoil that now. <laughs> you basically wander around the environment, and 
stuff changes, doors open by themselves, you'll walk into a room and there'll be a person sitting on a chair. So it's definitely a horror game. Um, and it's mm. kind of psychological in that respect, I suppose. It was interesting. It was very interesting. Those, <laughs> those jump scares, man. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like, I don't know. I, you can turn them off, which is the funny thing. Like we saw on the, on the menu at the start, you could turn the jump scares off. But um, no, decided to go straight into it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my underpants were not what they started as. Let's just leave it at that. Is it true that somebody came in from next door's office and was like, is everything all right? <laughs> no, that didn't happen at all. I think, uh, yeah, that was uh, bending oh, the truth, but. But it yeah. was pretty, I, I watched it and it was like, you kept trying to figure out ways to not yeah. get the jump scares. So, so it's like, right, we won't turn the light on. And yeah. then you turn around the corridor and it jump out at a different place and just <laughs> screaming at So it's full of jump scares, but the game itself was almost a puzzle. So you started off in a house initially on the first level and it, it was after like a crazy party you'd had or whatever. So it's in disarray, there's stuff all over the floor and you've got to go to your bed and sleep and then it gives you little objectives on the screen that pop up after you complete another one. So you'll wake up from the bed and it'll be, oh, I've got to go and have a shower. You're going to the bathroom and there's a music box sitting on the toilet, just winding itself, playing really creepy music. But all these paintings over the house as well of creepy children, Mm. uh, which is just bizarre. But you have um, your shower, then you walk out and the lights go off. So you have to find a torch. Then you'll walk into a room and there'll be a person on a rocking chair just kind of watching you. Mm. They, they won't do anything. If you approach them, they disappear. But you don't know where they've gone, which <laughs> is just bizarre. And it's a series of really small objectives, though. You get to the front door eventually to leave for work. The front door's locked. So you've got to go back and find a key. And then the power goes off again. You've got to turn the power back on. We came across a girl just like a little girl standing in a corner laughing chaotically (laughs) and my approach to get around that bit was just to turn around so i was facing away from them (laughs) strafe past them that seemed to work Uh, there was an amazing point as well we did eventually get the key card Mm. which was cool i think someone in the chat helped us with that one yeah yeah we had a lot of people in chat helping us which was great i'm helping us for our scared emotions um we got to the front door though opened it a little creature kind of crawled in we were trying to run away then the game crashed (laughs) which i don't think was supposed to happen yeah we were unsure if that was meant to happen to begin with but Mm. it clearly wasn't yeah i thought the funniest thing as well was like one of the jump scares had happened ollie would scream and then you just kind of sit motionless So the way we've got our stream set up here, we have the speakers coming out of a computer um, as opposed to the Xbox. So there's a tiny bit of delay on the audio. And I think that in my mind, because you didn't have the person appearing in your face on the screen and the sound happening at the same time, my mind just kind of went, "Eh, it's it's nothing. (laughs) I guess I'm not made of as strong stuff as as you are, Jack. I think I was concentrating on the controls as well. So something I mentioned during the stream that the controls themselves, they, they're kind of solid, but they feel a little bit clunky and you'll walk around and kind of get caught on an edge. 
and it'll shift your character. So I was having to put a kind of more thought than usual into actually controlling stuff, but it also made you kind of concentrate and turn around more as well. So if you got caught on something, you'd turn around, and at that point, there's the potential somebody could be behind you. So it kind of increases the suspense because yeah. the controls are a little clunky. <laughs> there was a point where we'd, we'd been trying like the same thing for like maybe five or six times in a row. So we kind of knew when we were meant to get jump scared. And then, like, after, like, the sixth time, we'd just walk into a room that we'd walked into and it had been empty every other time. But this guy just shows up. And it, that's, that was just the worst part. Like, I think there was some element of randomness in the game. As yeah, it just started switching things up. Just yeah. To, yeah. Oh, it was a good game, though. Definitely recommend playing it. Uh, probably with headphones yeah. on and in the dark. Yeah, it's definitely scary. Yeah. I'll give it that. So Ali won't be playing that one on his own. No, I probably won't, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so after that, we streamed uh, a bit of an odd game called Corgan. The reason it's really odd to me is it, the base game's free, and you can get the full 1,000 gamer score in it, but then there it's like episodic as well. So there's a pretty, I think it's about £15 or something for the second episode or the DLC part for it, but you don't really need to play it unless you... But I'll play it for okay. the story. But the DLC didn't add achievements, did it? No, <laughs> you got oh, okay. 4,000 in just the base game. That's bizarre. So we did have the developer in the stream for this one as well, didn't we? Yeah. So he hopped in and people were kind of asking him questions. And um, somebody did ask him why it was free. And I can't quite remember his response, but it was basically he wanted more people to experience the game and enjoy the game mm-hmm. and play it and actually get excited about it. And then if they did want to play more of it, then they could go off and buy the stuff but it was a solo developer so that's a big kind of a bold choice to make to say i'm gonna give this away for nothing Mm -hmm. if you like it buy the extra content and kudos to him yeah i mean it was quite a um not particularly innovative game i'll say but that might be quite harsh criticism but it was quite uh generic in its in its standard dungeon crawler wasn't it yeah pretty much it was top down you had a variety of characters but you could switch between them at will they had different abilities that was probably the most unique thing about it was that you could change your character uh whenever you wanted and they didn't share health so if you were really low health on one of your characters you'd have to switch and you couldn't really play that one again and if you died with one of the characters, it respawned you back at the starver level, didn't it? Mm-hmm. And then you just got little objectives, so similar to Emily Wants to Play, really. It gave you small objectives to do once you completed an objective. gave you the next one, so it was either defeat so many of these enemies, defeat uh, so many portals, but you could only kill the portals after you defeated the enemies, mm-hmm. or find items. It seemed all right, though. Yeah, it did. It had a good level of progression, I thought. And there was items and stuff which you could get, uh, which obviously made your character slightly better, which persisted after you died. So mm-hmm. if you kept bashing away at something, then um, you would get it even if you died loads. You'd still be increasing your power level as you went mm-hmm. along. But yeah, we ended up fighting a boss at the end. That's right when the stream ended. Um, mm-hmm. So there are boss battles and stuff in it as well. We got 400 gamer score across five achievements. One of them was actually a zero pointer in the <laughs> <Yeah>. hour. <laughs> so I think the zero pointer was for killing 10 enemies. Okay. Something. But it was uh, pretty good. I've definitely played um, games for free that are much, much worse. Yeah, so for sure. Definitely on the top of that. Yeah. Top of the list of good free games. Very true. Okay. And then yesterday, quite a surreal game oh, that yeah. I was streaming called Agatha Knife. Yeah, Agatha Knife. It's like a, I guess you'd call it a point and click 
uh, adventure game. But it was very odd, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't really work out where the story was going, but it started to fall into place towards the end, I think. So it's about a girl um, who works in a butcher, and she has insomnia, uh, and she loves killing animals. And that's kind of the premise. You start off and you're in a church with your mum uh, and then you walk around, talk to people. So the kind of religious element of the game is brought in right at the start. Um, and there is, I think that's probably one of the biggest themes going through the game. Not that I've played a lot of it, but uh, most of it seemed to be about that. And then you leave the church, you start your own religion by talking to this random guy. <laughs> um, there's some like transvestite guys standing outside the church who you have a really long 10 minute long conversation with um, and then once you've made your religion you go back home and you get teleported to, wait, is that what happens next i can't remember you get teleported into this <laughs> random guy's house and then he he puts you to sleep um so that you can like create the god of your religion or something and then you talk to a massive pig made of blood um this is all making complete sense i hope it's a pretty standard plot then yeah pretty standard plot. <laughs> standard plot but i think that's probably one of the one of the the selling points of the game is just that it uh-huh. just seems to be crazy um uh, it's got quite a lot of charm i think there's a few like humorous comical sections of it and the art style is quite unique as well it looks kind of like a, a kid's cartoon a, a, something that you'd see on like cbb's or something but the, yeah. the the themes of it are definitely not for kids, I'd say. Yeah, if you if you saw it, you would think it was like a, a really child-friendly game. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I love animals, but I also like killing them. <laughs> there's one it's bit like, where, okay. you, where you walk into the back room and there's just a pig chained to the ceiling. And he looks so unhappy and you just walk up to him and kill him. Um, so, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest themes of the game is killing things and religion i don't know i'm still trying to work it out to be honest with you <laughs> i'm looking at screenshots now it does just look bizarre yeah <laughs> and then uh after that a, a very different game uh drago dino so this one you played a character that was either a dragon or a dinosaur not too sure it's, it's both and it was it's just a basic platformer um kind of what you expect so you've jumping across ledges each of the levels is split into zones and you've got a series of characters in each of the zones that have crystals spinning around them you kill those characters and you can take their crystals and as soon as you've got kind of four or five crystals i think it was that enables you to jump higher and you can jump out of the zone you're in mm-hmm. to the next zone and it's repeat that a couple of times and then you get to a final doorway which completes the level for you it wasn't really too much to it. I don't think there was an overarching story or anything like that. No, not really. Not that I can remember. There was cooperative play, which was quite fun. So we completed the first level. Ollie did the first level on his own. Then we jumped into the co-op, which it was okay, but it seemed harder and easier in some aspects. So you lost half of the screen because it was couch co-op. Mm-hmm. And it meant you had a lot less viewing distance, so you couldn't see the enemies as easily, you couldn't see where to go as easily. Um, but it did make it easier in a sense that you could take more damage. So if you parked one character at the bottom of the screen, you could play with one character until you're about to die, then basically swap them out. Oh, yeah. If you wanted to. Because you could revive your teammate. Mm. I think you could only revive a limited number of times. 
Yeah, I think it used one of your health to revive, so it was almost oh, okay. like a pass for health option. Oh, okay. Um, and if you did die, it took you all the way back to the start of the zones for that level, which was a bit frustrating, especially when <laughs> when we first started playing co-op and I was terrible at it. <laughs> I was trying to read the stream chat and just not paying attention to the game at all. Yeah. Died about four times within the first five minutes. It was, it was interesting. Though. You, the, you had two different characters you could play with different stats. So you had um, one of them was heavier, but they could take more damage. One of them was lighter. They didn't have as much health yeah it was uh it was okay i mean i've i've definitely played worse platformers than that mm -hmm. uh, even from the id games there have been far worse platformers than mm -hmm. that so i think the controls were quite well done you could speed around the map and jump really high which is always you know quite fun yeah yeah it didn't um seem as though there was too much we did only get through two of the levels so we did make it onto the third but there only seems to be nine levels overall, so I'm not too sure how much content there is. Yeah, in it. Uh, the the levels seemed like quite similar as well. There wasn't anything mm. co like hugely different between them, apart from like the types no. of enemies. It, it was more a maze, I suppose, in some aspects. It was difficult to actually find the enemies with the crystals. Yeah, that was it for this week. Next week we are streaming on Tuesday, Bounce Rescue, mm -hmm. and Through the Woods. A game I don't know anything about either. Through the Woods, another jump scare horror game. I think it is. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, yeah, well, definitely tune in for that one just for Ollie. That's well worth it. And then uh, next Thursday, we are streaming Aquamoto Racing Utopia, which uh, you won't be surprised Rich picked that one. And uh, Battlezone Gold Edition, which I think Rich picked that one because he played the original. But yeah, tune in for them next week on our Mixer channel. Moving on to news, we've got no new site news this week, I don't think. Anything exciting happen, Jack? Uh, no. So I'm not aware of. No. Okay. This week. What have you been doing? Just you? behind the scenes <laughs> stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh, regular news. Uh, so the first one, EA have announced uh, an update for FIFA 18, which will include like the World Cup content. I think this is the first time for the World Cup that they haven't you know, brought out a standalone game. I think they did it with 2016 with the Euros. I think they did an update in that. So they've obviously worked out it's more cost-effective doing that. They're updating it with some sort of like changes to game modes, like you can play as international teams and there's a World Cup mode in there. And then obviously Ultimate Team with all the new country players and new icons and stuff. So they must have worked out that they'll get more coinage from the Ultimate Team, I guess, than actually. Do you think this is going to be their approach going forward then? With um, future ones, I guess so. Yeah, because like I said, that's the Euros that they did two years ago, and then this one. So I, I suppose when you you've got the game, it's basically the same game. When they do it, they just kind of rebrand bits of it, don't they, and make it World Cup themed. But it looks like they've done the same here. They've got all the stadiums and all that kind of stuff. So I guess rather than the expense of printing copies of the game and box art and all that kind of stuff, it's probably easy just to do a free update and just. I suppose it could new, be a ploy as well. If, for team. if you do a free update this year, it might get people playing it that wouldn't have. And then if they do decide to release it's paid in the future, those people might actually hop on that. Yeah. So it could be beneficial that way. Well, yeah, that's coming uh, May the 29th. The actual World Cup starts June the 14th. So hopefully there'll be some achievements for it. be nice. Win the World Cup of England. Don't, can't see that. Yeah. <laughs> Dark Souls Remastered is getting a network test. If you, you, I think you can download it before the 8th of May to take part. 
Um, it's it's like a free trial, so and it, the game actually releases on the May twenty fifth, so you get to play a little bit of it. Mm, I think it's just the first area you can play, uh, from what I right, read. Okay. Um, it's coming on May the eleventh and May the twelfth is the actual network test. So bizarre that you can you've got to download it before the date. Mm. To actually take part, so before the eighth to take part <laughs> yeah. on the eleventh, you think they'd want as many people on as possible to properly yeah. test the loads and stuff like that. Mm. Although I guess like, maybe the, they're quietly well, confident. Yeah, well, they've had the game before, and the Dark Souls Three isn't that old. I don't mm. think is it that like a couple years? So yeah. they must have some beefy servers ready and waiting. I guess games with gold. So obviously it was the first of May a couple of days ago. So you can now download. Super Mega Baseball 2 from now until the end of May. And Sega Vintage Collection Streets of Rage. I love Streets of Rage on me Mega Drive years ago. That- I think I started that on Games Pass. Was that on Games Pass until it got removed a couple of weeks ago? Oh, I'm not sure. I think it was, actually. Sure it was. I remember seeing it. Yeah, It's a fighting game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a side-on. It's beat-em-up. Yeah. yeah. Love that game. Uh, and then obviously you've still got time to download Assassin's Creed Syndicate if you haven't done that already. If you haven't, I suggest you do because it's a really good Assassin's Creed game. Red Dead Redemption 2 got its third trailer. Ooh. Kind of teased it last week, mm-hmm. said it was coming. Did you watch it? Were you impressed? I watched it as soon as it went live yeah. and I was very, very impressed. It was cool. I was, I was saying before, it didn't really uh, give away too much, which is... It's not. It's not necessarily a bad thing because you want pe- them to properly tease it, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it looked it looked pretty good. I've never played a Red Dead game before. Ooh, you're in for a treat. Yeah, so I'll make that my first one, I suppose. I don't know if I'd recommend going back to the original to start with, or um, mm. well, this is kind of a prequel to the second one, so I, I guess you could get a play them could, either way. But you could play this and then play the original, but it might be a bit of a step. I'm guessing there's going to be loads of references and stuff, which I'm just not going to understand. But uh, I'm fine with that, really. Visually, I thought it looked really good. I love like the detail that Rockstar put into the games. Like the, as, loads of people, like Ubisoft, are kind of masters at like these open world kind of games. But the level of detail, just the finer little things that Rockstar managed to put in, just take it a step above. But I watched it, definitely noticed, well, I think it is, and I won't say definitely, I'm pretty certain it is, John Marston was in there. He was like the the hero of the the previous game, so it looks like him as a younger self getting his scars on his face, which will be interesting. But yeah, I can't wait for this. And it's October the 29th is a date. Oh, sorry, October the 26th is a date we can look forward mm-hmm. to. Let's hope for no more delays. This is potentially going to be the game that um, prompts me to uh, go for the 4K update and get a new telly. And uh, <laughs> it's the only way to experience it, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it, did, it, looks, it did look amazing on just watching the YouTube thing, but yeah, you don't know. I'm, yeah, you, It's not coming on the PC, is it? So I, I, you can't I, get away with showing PC I imagine games, it's going to be GTA... Isn't it in regards to GTA came out on the consoles mm. first and then a year later it came out on the PC? It's been the case yeah. for all of the GTAs. I'm guessing it's going to be the same engine and stuff as well because the GTA engine is pretty amazing. And there's loads of similar. I think the Red Dead 1 and the other GTA were the same engine anyway. So they've already got a lot of the stuff there, haven't they? 
So it'd be stupid not to release it on PC. Do you think they're going to show some actual like uninterrupted gameplay before the game comes out? Or I think for do they have a presence Maybe. at E3 generally? No, they never really do it. They might get on a stage, I suppose, if somebody's asked them nicely and pays them lots of money for the marketing. I right think this would be the year to start having a presence if they were going to, especially because the game was supposed to be coming out the latter end of last year. Yeah. And with well, that miss, this is it's a prime location to drum up more. We were saying exciting. earlier, though, weren't we, that like they just seem to be really, really good at the marketing. Like they don't release the games, like they don't churn them out. They definitely wait until people are, like yeah, they don't dying kind of for a release. Saturate the market with media about it, do they? No. It's just kind of they keep teasing you, and then in the back of your mind, you'll think, oh, I haven't heard anything about Red Dead for a while. Then a couple of weeks later, a trailer will be coming out. Mm. It's always perfect timing. And but with GTA five, when that released and people were really excited, they have like, I don't know, maybe a week or two before release, they did like a long trailer. And I don't think it was gameplay, mm. but it had elements of gameplay yeah, in it. I remember that. But they were just kind of exploring the world and showing the cars driving around and how many they were and stuff like that. And it, like it just gets you so excited. Like I, I think GTA five was, I think I did like the midnight release and all that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was on the 360, then I got home, put it in the 360, it was two discs, and you had to download an 8 gig uh, update. Yeah, it's been still one of the discs, yeah. After I got home at 3 o'clock in the morning from Q, <laughs> <laughs> and then couldn't play because I had to go away the next oh. day. So. Do you think you're going to do a midnight launch for Red Dead, or are you just going to buy a disc and you can just preload? Digit- yeah, preload it and ready to go. Or maybe I can... Uh, you could ride your horse down to the local Tesco's. And, uh... Maybe I drop lucky and I get to review it or something. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. All right. Uh, moving on. Just Cause 3, there's a free weekend beginning today. Uh, it's going to last through until Sunday. Uh, you've played that game, I think, Jack, haven't you? Yeah, Just it's a quality game. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> finished the story or anything, but uh, it's ace what I've played of it. And whenever I go back to it, I think I've got to invest more time in this because it's awesome, and then yes. <laughs> don't. But. It's just uh, like a, the, the whole point of the game is just silly, mad, manic fun in it, really. It's just blow yeah. everything up. It's like if Michael Bay made a game, right, yeah. isn't it? Everything's got <laughs> yeah. potential to explode. And It's that game uh, even, where you see uh, just clips of it on Reddit. Like just yeah, constantly. constantly. Yeah. Yeah. People doing ridiculous and You've got your things. tethers as well, and it's, it's a kind of what you make of it. So you can... If there's a guard you come across, you could tether him to a gas canister and then shoot the canister and basically launch him up into the air. There's, there's no other yeah. game you can do that in. Yeah, it's pretty mental. I remember at the time, because I reviewed this one at the time, it had some pretty significant frame rate issues. I think there was like, a, it started off okay when you started the game, it was okay. Then it was like it was, you know, kind of some memory leak or something and it was kind of gradually okay. slowing down. See, so Especially the whole game is just about blowing up huge compounds full of massive gas canisters and things. So everything was just on fire everywhere and it was kind of churning. But I think they've updated quite a lot since then. Yeah, I've, um, I have started a bit later than you and I haven't noticed any frame rate issues. So, um, but yeah, it looks jump like on that this it. weekend. It's well the, worth checking out. The DLC is discounted by 75% as well with Season Pass, which is worth picking up too. That adds a Bavarian wingsuit in. So it's a powered wingsuit, and you can pretty much fly around the map. It just makes you really overpowered. Okay, it's kind of like a superhero, except you just blow stuff up. Yeah, it's good fun, though. Batman with a rocket launcher. 
Okay, and then last thing, uh, Battlefield 1, They Shall Not Pass DLC is free at the moment uh, from now until May the 14th, so definitely get that. If you've got the game, game's brilliant, so free DLC, you're not going to complain about that at all. I'd look at the achievements all last night for it, and I thought some of them are going to probably take a bit of time. <laughs> it's okay. like, you know, bl- killing enemies with like specific vehicles and stuff, and I, I never... Oh, I've I'm never been one the for going in the vehicles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah terrible. The vehicles, yeah. So. There's only four of them. They do look doable. So I spent 30 minutes playing as a medic, kill four enemies with a Raider Elite class. Yeah. In fact, what I used to do on the previous battlefield was just you could buy a server, couldn't you? Oh, so okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd buy a buy a server for two hours. I think it was or an hour or something. <laughs> just getting boosted. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, back and Pat, we actually got some this week, Jack. Yeah, so we've had two this week, and both of them have two in the title as well. Uh, so we've got Saints Row Two, which is now backwards compatible, and Dragon Age Two as well. Cool. Saw quite a lot of love for Dragon Age yesterday once that got revealed. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of good things about the Dragon Age games. Um, and it feels like a game that I should have played because I think I'd quite like it, but I've never never tried it. Um, I think it's quite um, RPG-heavy, isn't it? It's a little bit Witcher-esque. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's as open world. You have a team of people, though, don't you? It's not like it's just you. Is that correct? Okay. I, I don't really know. It's one I uh, didn't steer towards. Okay. Yeah, well, I think I'm pretty sure you you control a team of people, which I just I just can't be bothered. I'd rather just have one. But there you go. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I wonder if that might be heading to AI access at some point soon, considering it's it's usually uh, a precursor, isn't it? To, yeah. to that happening. All cool. right. Moving on to questions, are Yeah, I think we've got three or oh no four questions this week. And the first one is from Jesse Hill. Uh, with some of the interesting, in quotation marks, interesting games you've been <laughs> streaming recently, do you think there needs to be some more quality control on games that make it into the ID program and eventually come out? And he's looking at a lot of games published by sometimes you. <laughs> so I guess that's to me and Jack because we're the ones streaming them. Um, yeah, so I've put down a couple of notes for this one. And I think um, compared to some other systems out there, so you've got Greenlight on Steam and stuff yeah. like that, there, there already is quite a good level of quality control, I'd say. Yeah. They don't let any old rubbish get onto the mm-hmm. ID program. But there's definitely some tiers to the system. So if you look at just games as a whole, you've obviously got AAA titles, which are generally going to be pretty good. Um, the the only thing that's really bad about them is potentially if you don't like the game itself or the content's bad. Uh, then you've got ID at Xbox, which is a little bit less, seems less restricted in that sense. And then you've got the indie program on the Xbox, which they bought back. Mm-hmm. So it was on the 360 ages ago. And this is where anybody can release a game. So there was that. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as an example, that forest game for suicide oh, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah which tells you there's a lack of quality control in some sense. But then they did rectify that. Um, so I think there are different levels for quality control, but there isn't. I don't think there's more needed, so to speak. I think they're at a good mix now because if you've got too much quality control, you're not going to get the interesting titles coming out. Exactly, yeah. Might be different. Yeah, I agree with you though. I think um, for what you for what the ID program actually is, the level of quality is exactly what you'd expect. Um, mm-hmm. 
and you make a good point that some of the stuff you see on Steam and Steam Greenlight is just like completely just rubbish. Um, and the, the 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 level of quality between Xbox and or the Xbox like store and Steam is is huge. Yeah, I agree. The level of quality is fine. One thing that I think about it though is you got when it came out, you got loads of like you know the the smaller kind of genres that wouldn't sell loads and loads of games at retail to like say your, your little platformers and things like that. Mm. But now they kind of saturating it because how many platformers come out a week? They must be like three or four every week, you know, that a very similar kind of looking, like you say with that game, Corgan, you know, it was yeah. very kind of generic. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying yeah. they're like bad games, like they're definitely better than some of the asset flips you get on, on Steam. Steam. Yeah. But you're just thinking about too many games that kind of overlap on mm-hmm. kind of common yeah. parts. I mean, it's like if you, for, for the idea, like, I, mean, I know we work with the ID to try and promote some of the games and do the streams and we do giveaways and we try and review as many of them as possible and stuff like that. But like, I don't know, this they might be too many for me because it's like, we're probably getting what, eight to 10 releases every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, obviously that some are better, like you get some of them that could be literally, you know, AAA titles like Hellblade that had a kind of, you know, visually and the themes it was using in the story was really good. Uh, was it Sniper Elite Four was in ID? So you've got like this vast range, haven't mm. you? This this down to like the sometimes you publish games like North and stuff like that there. But variety is the spice of life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point actually, with just maybe it's less um the the quality's there, but it's just the amount of games that are coming out there seems to be a constant stream that's great for kind of fallow periods where there's nothing triple a coming out but yeah mm-hmm. seems to be everything all at one go there's no small trickle yeah. it's just a constant flow i think it's, it's again that's that's a good thing as well yeah so. it's, it's quite hard nowadays to actually make a game that's truly unique unique yeah mm-hmm. so like you could look at most of the games we play and just say this is you know this is just a, a rip-off of X, Y, Z. Um, mm. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. As long as the game like stands up on its own, then, you know, it's... Yeah, if it's a game that's kind of taken inspiration from other games, as long as it does it well and it builds upon that rather than just a carbon copy, mm-hmm. that's cool. But I mean, something recently we played was Babylon Pinball. Oh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> that one of the worst. the yeah. closest to an asset flip I've seen yeah. on the Xbox. <laughs> One. Yeah, that was an interesting stream. Yeah, the levels were different, obviously, but it's pretty much a reskin. But again, how how different can you make a pinball game at the end of the day? I suppose. <laughs> yeah, true. It's always going to have paddles and balls, and <laughs> that's that's what it boils down to. And this next question is the question of the week. So, at the one true Glenn, um, tweet the TA account, and you can pick a game from Dave Sack. How lucky are you? <laughs> um, okay, so your question is, a few weeks ago, you were talking about how achievements can change the way you play a game. What are your fondest memories of examples of this? What sticks out to you? And I think Jack's put here that he wants to talk about trials. Yeah, so this is just one that's... Uh, it kind of changed the way I played in terms of if the achievement wasn't there, I never would have tried it. Mm. 
And this was for completing a level without leaning with a stick. So in trials, you're a little motorbike. You're going sideways across a track. You use the left stick to lean your character and change your positioning. And you've got the accelerator on the right trigger. And it gives you a specific level that you have to get through without touching the left stick at all. So you're just using the accelerator or the brake. That's quite difficult. But it's something I never would have tried without... An achievement being there for it. And similarly, there was a level for um, you could lean, but you had to hold the accelerator down for the entire level and be accelerated throughout. <laughs> and again, yeah, I never would have done that without an achievement being there for it. So it's definitely changed the way I've played. And those are two of my fond memories because I did love that game. I poured hours and hours into it. Could you complete every level without leaning? Or is it just certain levels that you had to do it on? It um, it was a specific level oh, okay. it gave it um, it gave you the achievement for, so I don't think you'd be able to do it on all of them. There's probably some crazy person out there that's managed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I've got kind of loads of examples that like pretty much every like first person, third person shooter I play in the past when I was like on the PlayStation two years ago, I just find it kind of find a level that of difficulty to know that I could kind of stroll through it, and then I just go through and play it for the story rather than the action. But then, like, you know, playing Call of Duty, you get veteran difficulty. And now now I think they're getting easier, but I enjoy that kind of challenge, you know, playing it on the harder difficulties now. Uh, stuff like uh, Mile High Club on veteran difficulty. Yeah, I'm not really one for, you know, constantly dying and restarting, and, but because there was that kind of incentive for getting the achievement, mm-hmm. it kind of forced you to get involved and try and, you know, figure out where you gone wrong last time and yeah. gradually improve over time. And then you get like a stupid death and you're like, oh, I can't do it again. That and pretty, like guitar heroes and stuff like that as well, because they always had like a difficult achievement. Yeah, like get five stars an expert. Or yeah, and just like, like not again, like the way I normally play, I'd play it to play the songs and have fun type thing. But giving yourself like a challenge, you know, to actually try and improve. Because there was like this incentive for an achievement, pretty much anything difficult to be like, I suppose. I'm so bad at Guitar Hero. I, just, I remember trying <laughs> to play it, and it's just like completely lost. Yeah. Like, Welcome to the club. Yeah. I don't know how people do it. You see some videos of people doing like ridiculous, like crazy things <laughs> yeah. on veteran or legendary mode or whatever it is. But yeah, um, so mine was Halo Three. I know it's probably quite. And a generic example, one that a lot of people have done, but um, I just have really fond memories of trying to find all the skulls on the um, ah, yeah. on the single player campaign because it meant you'd have to clear the level up until a certain point, um, and then for some of them they were easy to find. You just have to like walk behind a building or something, but some of them were like placed like slightly outside of where you were supposed to be on the map so you'd have to like rocket jump and stuff and you could like jump on your friends heads and then uh, <laughs> jump up again or like you'd have to do loads of crazy different combinations of things to get to the skull um, and each skull gave you an achievement so i just have really fond memories of like going into halo 3 single player campaign with my mates and like trying to rocket jump and find stuff so yeah that's quite a good example because it's similar to dave's in terms of the difficulty one where but it if there was no achievement for it or you didn't have like a a percentage to say you got 100% in a game, you probably wouldn't mm. go out and get all the collectibles yeah, exactly. in something. Yeah. So I'm saying like Assassin's Creed, the first one, 
I never would have collected all of those flags, <laughs> yeah. but there was 10 games score for it. So yeah. I had to. <laughs> well, 1,000 of them. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they, they were bad back or, in the day. Or the you, crackdown you orbs. Even... Oh. Yeah. 500 of those, no marks on a map for them. I suppose there's loads of examples as well. Do you know that there's like a, 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 you might have like a, say in Gears, you've got the multiplayer and you've got the campaign. And then, like the uh, the the achievements kind of lean you towards playing hard mode and stuff. And I had a load of fun playing hard in Gears too, mm. which I probably would have just skipped over. I probably didn't give it a go and gone yes. Ah, oh, there's another um, great example I thought of in Left for Dead Two. There's an achievement called I think it was called Gnome Chomsky, and you had to get the uh, there's a gnome that you could get on the Dark Carnival series of levels and you got it in the very first part of the mission the four oh, sections yeah. to the level you had to carry that through the entire campaign and get onto the escape vehicle which <laughs> yeah. is a helicopter in an arena and again that's something i never would have done but it was uh, it was an awesome challenge and it was very difficult as well yeah oh cool so next question uh is from dave crow with Minecraft on Nintendo Switch soon to be unlocking achievements, do you think Microsoft could or should aim for more cross-platform partnerships? And which games would you like to see go either way? I think it'd be cool for them to add achievements to more stuff if they're, if they're game for that. But of my, Minecraft's a bit of a unicorn, I think, in regards that Microsoft own that properly now anyway they bought it from mojang oh did they okay yeah so they can do what they want with it that's going to be the reason that's got achievements so i can't see achievements coming to anything else but in terms of um like cross-platform and cross-play and stuff i don't think cross-play will really work well between the switch and other consoles potentially just because the other consoles seem so far ahead in terms of power than the switch mm. and if you've got a game that's competitive that relies on like calculations and stuff happening behind the scenes you've got it seems like a bit of a disadvantage i don't know if you could mitigate that somehow mm. by making it simpler or i think it's definitely possible uh, but i just mm. think in general cross-platform is like not not necessarily something you want especially in multiplayer games I mean, Minecraft is, yeah. is different because it's quite, you know, it's, you, you're not really going against other people. But games like Sea of Thieves, which is cross-platform, uh, you play with mm -hmm. people on the PC when you're playing Xbox. Um, you're at an inherent disadvantage, I think. I, I think it, it works in a sense in terms of the power of the machines and the consoles and stuff. But especially if you're playing keyboard and mouse versus controller, yeah, I mean. you've got a bit of a disadvantage in that regard too. Yeah. But some of the uh, Xbox One games now do support keyboard oh, and mouse. Oh, yeah, don't true. They? I didn't think about that. So, so that could l limit that disadvantage. Yeah, in that sense. No, you're right. Um, I think it's fine if 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 that's the case. Then then I guess it's fine. But for most mm -hmm. people, they're probably not playing Sea of Thieves with uh, keyboard and mouse. Mm. Um, I think, especially for stuff from Nintendo Switch as well, a lot of people seem to be getting excited over the exclusives for the minute anyway. So it's not like they're going to release Splatoons on uh, the Xbox anytime soon. So. Yeah, they'd be they'd be stupid if they did because that's that's pretty much the only reason why people would buy. Yeah, that and Mario Odyssey. Yeah, like for you, buy, for the you buy a Nintendo system with all its little quirks. You know, like its multiplayer isn't great and 
big long friend codes you got to send to each other and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. To play Mario, don't you, and Zelda and stuff like that. Mm. So they'd be stupid if they went, oh, we're going to release Zelda. On the I Xbox suppose with the Switch as well, you, you have the other factor that it's, you've got the console in a dot. I suppose um, it works the same both ways. So um, ignore that. I was going to say uh, it might function differently with kind of playing as a handheld console. But if the network connectivity is there and stuff, that should be fine. Okay. So last question is from Ian Triplo. Uh, as a new father, only playing time is with newborn asleep. Uh, what would you play with kids? Oh, I guess he's saying he wants to play some games with his newborn. Um, and he adds, isn't it annoying if you can't pause all games? It's making me not want to play some. I don't. I, I can't remember the last game I played which I couldn't pause. Um, oh, things like Destiny and that you can't. Can you like the ones that oh, are... Yeah. Even there's the amount of a single player, but it's kind of still in an online world and you can't pause. I remember Rich being baffled. Yeah, that makes sense. For if you're in kind of an online world, it'd be suck if it paused for everybody mm. when you pause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to make dinner, <laughs> pause four hours later, everybody else comes back to the server. Uh, <laughs> would you play Destiny 2 with your kids though? That is the That is the question. Probably not. Um, and I'd say definitely don't play uh, Emily Wants to Play 2. Um, or Agatha or Knife. Agatha Knife. <laughs> no matter how kid-friendly it might look. Um, I suppose it depends on uh, how old your kid is, if they're ac- actually actively going to be playing in, playing the game with you, or if they're just going to be watching the screen. Mm-hmm. If they're watching the screen, maybe something like um, Peggle Ooh. might work, because it's quite nice and colourful. Yeah, um, it's quite easy controls as well. So if they're a bit older and they can actually play, um, it's all time based. So as long as you're making the motions, it like it won't fire the ball or whatever until you push the button. It's not something like an FPS where everything else is moving as well. My kids used to love when they were really young playing Forza, but the, the they couldn't grasp the steering and accelerating and braking so they just kind of drive in a circle so they hit things constantly and they just destroy all my cars and <laughs> get bored after 10 minutes but i don't think there is that too i don't know for a really young age because i mean yeah newborn, newborn probably not yeah. playing much but even in a few years it's not i don't know they, they don't seem like yeah it's more the um kind of puzzle games where you can take your time yeah, that's what i was going to say games that don't punish you too much um, energy cycle <laughs> <laughs> make your kid a game of school adult. you just need to get them hooked on achievements yeah. early yeah. Uh, I think that's what we can it doesn't matter anyway they, they, they'll just be playing Fortnite as soon as they can pick up a controller yeah Fortnite and PUBG and Minecraft get them on Minecraft Minecraft's a good game to start with um, yeah my kids are... yeah it does have a peaceful mode as well so that's, oh, does it? Uh, that's okay. a good, good idea cool that's it for the questions this week I think moving on to new achievement list Jack yeah, so as, stand, as usual, loads again. Uh, start off, we've got Outbreak for Nightmare Chronicles with 12 achievements for a 1,000 gamer score. Uh, we've had a load of ACA Neo Geo stuff hit on Windows 10. So we've had um, Super Baseball 2020, uh, Polestar, Windows 10, Magician Lord, Windows 10, Art of Fighting 2, and King of Fighters 96, all on Windows 10, all with the standard lists. And we've also had stakes winner on the xbox with the same list too um, so no doubt that'll be coming to windows soon as well um 
We've also had City of Brass with 16 achievements, Fruit of the Woods with 27 achievements, which is one we'll be streaming next week, um, Bounce Rescue with 14 achievements, which is another one we'll be streaming next week, and Aquamoto Racing Utopia with 17 achievements, Explosion with 13 achievements, Drive Moscow with 28 achievements, and Raging Justice with 50 achievements. <laughs> And DLC-wise, we've had a couple of title updates. We've had um, Patch 3.4 and Gems of War with two achievements for 50 gamer score. Every time that an update comes out for that game and it gets tweeted out, it's just like, no. We've had the Guardian Trials in Super Lucky's Tale with 17 achievements for 500 gamer score and the Encounters DLC in Everspace with eight achievements for 500 gamer score. Okay, let's have a look at what's coming our way this week. So today we have City of Brass, Drive on Moscow, Bounce Rescue, Aquamoto Racing Utopia. Next week we've got Shanty Half Genie Hero Ultimate Edition. I don't know, is that massively different than the other Shanty Half Genie? Um, Genie? I think it's Ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't um, know. Uh, Raging Justice Conan Exiles comes out of Xbox Preview on Tuesday. Uh, we've got Rocket Wars, Inksplosion, Siberia, Trailblazers, and oh, Zombie Pinball next Wednesday. And then Laser League, ACN Neo Geo Super Sidekicks 2 on Thursday. It's a bit of a fallow month at the moment, isn't it? Mm, yeah, not many AAAs released. <laughs> After the time, Sea of Thieves but... and Far Cry 5 madness of, uh, of last month. Yeah, no, even like a, a way out. Yeah. That was anticipated after E3 yeah. last year. I think the next one we've got uh, State of Decay 2 coming out in a couple of weeks, so that's probably the next biggish game to sink your teeth into. Well, uh, after E3 hits, um, I'm sure people will have a lot of new exciting things to look forward to anyway. Yeah, that's the only problem at the moment. I, I hate this time. Do you know It's just like E3's kind of mm-hmm. just around the corner and there's no kind of big news or anything. There's no big releases. Everybody's mm-hmm. kind of just building up to splurge it all in like a week and go, there's all the games, <laughs> all the trailers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a good time. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, E3's going to be mental. Uh, I think Bethesda have got a big announcement as well, so I'm uh, very hyped for that. And there's a new CD project red game that me and Jack were talking about mm. the other day. Uh, the people who made the Witcher. I've got Cyberpunk a 2077. Yeah. 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 It's like a sci-fi RPG. They haven't announced that they're so. showing that yet, but they've said they're showing something, I think, which is pretty much going to be that. So. You'll get excited for the Bethesda thing. And it'll be like Skyrim iPhone edition. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Skyrim remastered two, two, two. Yeah. All right, that's it from us this week. We shall be back next Friday. Hopefully, Rich, I'll be feeling better to join us. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Catch you later. See ya.